This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. That's right. Good evening and, more importantly, Happy New Year. My name is Vinnie White. How you doing? Um, oh, I've got, I've got to get healthy. It's a very common sentence to be uttered by the masses at this time of year, but I mean it. What a Christmas that was. I'm not as young as I used to be. Can you hear the sort of shakiness of my voice? I decided it would be a good idea to get blind drunk on New Year's Eve and smoke some cigars, and I'm still not over it. I mean, I don't want to get into graphic detail, but it's just disgusting. That's all you need to know. Um, but, old Healthy McGee, that'll be me. Down the gym tomorrow. Back to the grindstone, hey? How are you? Happy New Year to you. Um, my show's on for an hour. My name is Vinnie White. You can call the show on 416-872-1010, or you can text the show on 71010. It's a news-flavoured fondue, bringing you last week's news with the efficiency of an ashtray on a Harley-Davidson. It's the Vinnie White Show. Yeah, I've been busy. I went to um, I went to Windsor for Christmas because my girlfriend's family live there. And then I went through Detroit, lovely part of the world, um, to another little part of uh, Michigan. I, don't, I can't remember the town. It was incredibly unremarkable. You know, usual American thing. Lots of flags and uh, slightly more overweight people. It's rude to be judgmental. Um... But uh, it was very, actually, charmingly nice. It was a very sort of quintessentially country American town. And I had uh, Christmas tidings in a farmhouse from very warm, lovely locals. So it was good times. Although the border crossing was hellish. Because I still actually travel on a UK passport, which means that, um, unfortunately, I have to be treated like a farmyard animal every time I ever go into the States. I think I've moaned about this a couple of times before. I still have to have my fingerprints taken... I have to have my photograph taken and I have to pay $6 for the charming thing that is being treated like a, a, a rather insufferable cow. Um, but the most annoying thing about the border crossing, of course, is, is the border guards. Because I was crossing over um, and they make you get out of your vehicle and they take your passport away. They also take the passport away of everyone else that you're travelling with. They were easy. They just wanted to go for Christmas dinner. It was like my girlfriend and her parents and... Uh, the uh, grandma, who hates me, by the way, she despises me. But I'm very fortunate to hear that she hates everyone, so no problem. Pleasing the parents, I find, is reasonably easy. Pleasing the grandmother, almost impossible. I think if I was a doctor, I'd tell her I did a chat show. She was like, what on earth would you do that for? What a waste of time. And I thought, well, in many ways, you're right. You must have heard it. Anyway, I, um, I got hauled out of the car by these uh, American border guards, treated like cattle, as always. Um... But the most annoying thing about it is they're in a position of power and it's very annoying because they're really powerful and big and I'm not and they've got my passport. But I do object, despite the fact that it was Christmas time, I do object when he said, can you get out of the car, mate, in a mock Australian accent and then said, we'll be with you soon, throw another shrimp on the barbie. You're holding my UK passport! At least have a look. But I don't think they're the quickest of cats. Uh, he went on to moan about his job, his life, and uh, absolutely everyone had dealt with that day, including me, for being too slow. Pot kettle. How are you, Pat? I'm wonderful. Thank you.
Thank you. Happy New Year, mate. Thank you. What's with a hat indoors? Are you balding? Uh, well, yes, actually, I am. I'm balding and graying. Thank you for making me say that on air. But uh, no, I, it's also real cold. We it's all, very cold. We're all getting older, buddy. We're all getting older. Yeah. I get white flecks in my beard now. That's new. Uh, someone else I know is also getting that as a young twenty-something. Uh, so mm. not she's good. a woman. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, you can't win them all. Um, I went to Montreal as well. well that's the last few days. I figured I had this car. I might as well use it to go somewhere. So I went to Ottawa, see a few old buddies because I used to live there. Then I went to Montreal. Romantic, mate. Gorge. I would say the most romantic Canadian city would be Montreal or Quebec City, probably. Mm. Just the nicest to look at. Yeah, and it was right in the middle of the snowfall. So it was oh, lovely. particularly gorgeous. And we stayed in the old town. And drank wine and cheese. Where else are you going to stay? Oh, perfect. Wine and cheese. French music. Got my Toyota Corolla stuck in the snow and it took half an hour to get it out. You know, it's the usual beautiful romantic ideals. Tough time on snowy Montreal streets as well. Is Is it mafia? Bits of mafia there. Well, I think that's it's probably safe to say they've infiltrated at least every, at least a little bit of every part of that city. Wasn't it a few years ago a bridge collapsed in Montreal and someone in the city council said, well, we've had a bridge collapse. I guess we better review the other bridges because we didn't know that one's going to go down. And they, they issued an independent report to look into the infrastructure. And the report came back, uh, yeah, nearly all of your bridges are about to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Shoddy workmanship. Yeah. Remember all that money you spent on the Olympics that you never paid back? Yeah. We we could use that. But there's some very rich gangsters about. And they're having a jolly nice time. Thanks ever so much. If you're listening, by the way, then, uh, of course, we love you dearly. And please don't put a horse's head in my bed. It's incredibly unbecoming. Um, I'm quite glad to get rid of the car, though. Price of parking. I wouldn't know, actually. I don't drive that much or at all it's just like having an albatross it's not like having an actual albatross i mean it's like having a figurative albatross around your neck having a car although the albatross would have been quicker than a a toyota corolla just for the record (laughs) one of the most boring cars you could have so yeah it is probably i think that's the most popular car besides the honda civic the two most sold cars in the world yeah and like all things mainstream bit boring yeah. It was perfectly efficient, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a crap car. It's, I just don't honestly have anything to say about it, and I've nearly got something to say about everything. It's like, uh, you know, the broth of cars. It's very much brothy, yeah. It's like um, listening to an interview with a sports team that's just lost. Oh. It was quite a good game, but, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't really pull our weight. And the next time, we're really going to try harder. <laughs> So anyway, it's good not to have it. I spent so much on parking, but look, ridiculous small moan. Considering our next, or should I say first, story. Right, Uber. Uber dooba dooba. Now, it's been a bit of a bone of contention, and I think uh, we can all safely say that it's certainly been dealt with perfectly well and uh, to a great effect by the taxi drivers of Toronto. Well done there. Hanging on to that car really proved a great point, buddy. And uh, beeping your horns when people are working nights around a hospital is just tickety-boo. Do keep that protest up. However, I hear your complaints, Mr Taxi Drivers, and we love you dearly, apart from the ones that pull U-turns in front of me when I'm on my bicycle and open doors on me and uh, generally don't know where they're going. But most of you are great. 
actually, some of you are quite racist as well. But apart from the racist, the ones that can't drive and the ones that are rude and get lost, taxi drivers are generally great. And you could argue they're certainly more efficient than many Uber drivers who quite regularly get lost despite their systems. This is the number one complaint of Uber drivers. But what the number one complaint of Uber drivers in the last few days has been has been the sheer price. Yes, an Edmonton man says he was charged more than $1,000 on New Year's Eve for a roughly one-hour-long drive in Edmonton. So, one hour, $1,000. Ker, cha-cha-cha-cha-ching. It's Matthew Lindsay, who, if you're interested, will be talking to John Moore on this radio station, the best radio station, <laughs> News Talk 1010 tomorrow morning. So do listen in. Matthew Lindsay got charged over a grand. The business practices of a popular ride-sharing app, Uber, are being called into question tonight after many people who used the service on New Year's got slapped with huge bills. In some cases, a single trip cost more than a plane ticket. The company says it's all because of a practice called surge pricing. Some customers are calling it high-tech gouging. CTV's Kevin Gallagher explains. Miria Blanco and Veronica Iafrancesco had no luck hailing a cab on New Year's in Montreal, so they tried Uber. It was their first time using the ride-sharing app. They noticed a message telling them there was surge pricing. When demand spikes, Uber increases its rates, something licensed taxis don't do. Thought we saw a surge, but we didn't know exactly what it was. So we just asked the guy, we said, how much would the estimate be? And he said, it's around $100. But the surge turned out to be 7.5 times the normal price, costing them almost $630 to go just over 40 kilometers. So you might as well just rented a room or something at that point. They weren't the only ones stuck with huge bills on New Year's Eve. This Uber user in Edmonton had the same thing happen. I could fly across the world for this price, you know. Instead, I went from one end of the city to the other. Social media has lit up with complaints by people who accuse the company of price gouging. Uber says it uses surge pricing during periods of high demand as an incentive to keep more of its drivers on the road. And riders are informed of increased pricing by notifications through the Uber app. It's really ridiculous and out of basically my expectation of what I would pay to get home safely. Cassandra Zakabe paid $320 for her ride. She filed a complaint and received a 25% refund. That guy in Edmonton who spent $1,114 getting across Edmonton, it would feel better if it was Quebec City, wouldn't it? You know? It's a rough city to <laughs> have to spend so much money getting across. Exactly. I remember I went for a job interview once. It was a radio station in, in Edmonton, and they said, oh, you'll love it here. It's great. It's got British pubs. I hate British pubs, unless they're in Britain. Um, and he goes, it, you're, it's, this city's got everything you need. Nearly all of it is in the mall. I don't like malls. And then he went on to tell me there's dolphins in the mall. I don't I mean, I, I quite like a dolphin. I have nothing against dolphins, but I don't feel they should be in a mall. I think there's actually a life-size pirate ship, but it's very much like that Vegas kind of show thing in the mall. I know there's seals there as well. Do they work in the shops? The animals? Mm. Certainly not in any sort of near any fish or anything like that. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? It if, would be if a dolphin worked as a fishmonger. It'd be good to go to the mall then, or I'd to be the fishmonger. For that, yeah. I need a new tie. My shoes look rough. I'll go and chat to a dolphin. I'm in. No, it's not that good. I checked that. That's why I didn't take the job, funnily enough. Anyway, the fact is this guy spent 1114 bucks. Now, 
Before we also, oh my God, Uber's evil and they're satanic and they live in the eye of Sauron, which they probably do. Um, they can afford it. And they found has got $5.3 billion. You could probably have a luxury condo development in the eye of Sauron. But my point is, before we all say, hang on a minute, this is outrageous. All of these users were warned that the rate was up. This guy did get a warning that it was 8.9 times its normal rate. But then is that fair? Because asparagus is out of season, but it's still in the shops. They grow it in Mexico this time of year. If they surge prices like Uber, it would be about $90 a bunch. Now, would I be stupid for buying it? Yes. But also, it shouldn't be $90 a bunch. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. I don't think you could say, oh, it, you shouldn't charge people this much. They just proved that people are stupid enough to pay for that. Uh, I always get rem reminded on a weekly basis, whenever I check up on the news preparing for this show, for the 10 minutes that I do of preparation, people are remarkably stupid. Now, I want to take your calls on this. Did you get ripped off on New Year's Eve? Did you, were you so drunk that you just went, yeah, yeah, and accepted all the conditions, which is almost definitely what this guy did. Uh, let's start with Joe in Ajax. Hi, Joe. I love your show, by the way. Oh, thanks, Joe. <laughs> as often as I can uh, when I'm out on a Sunday night. That's great. Um, no, I didn't, I haven't been ripped off by Uber because I asked for a quote first. Ah. So, you know, I, I mean, the heart's not really breaking for these guys. It's very simple to ask for a quote. You get it. The other, the other shoe to the situation is that good luck finding a taxi yeah. on New Year's Eve. You know, and I, I mean, I, my comment uh, originally when I called in that I thought was hilarious, they had a uh, PR person for the taxi industry on television this week. Uh, his last name, I believe, was Molini. And he was saying, oh, you know, cab drivers from now on with Uber, we're going to promise to clean up. We're going to promise that, that they're going to be good and they're going to be polite and everything. And, however, I can't promise that every single taxi driver is going to suddenly become polite, but we're going to try. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, great way to leave the door open for a disruptive industry to come in and say, if the service isn't being done, somebody else is going to move in, you know? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice one. Thanks a lot, Joe. Oh, you're welcome. That's Joe yeah. there in uh, Ajax. Yeah. Uber is relatively new, of course, and it's a very quickly growing business. It doesn't have any sort of responsibility to its customers to keep its prices low. Well, not legally, arguably, morally. It's trying to make money, as companies often want to do. But on nights like New Year's Eve, guess how much money Uber made internationally? $100 million in one night. That's why Uber founder Travis Kalanick has got $5.3 billion. Do you know where he's from? I don't know where he's from originally, but I know that it all started in LA. All right, makes sense. Yeah. You need a lot of cabs out there. I did get two cabs on New Year's Eve in Toronto. There was loads of cabs in the entertainment district that had no one trying to go for them. So. little tip for you, by the way. If you get in a cab and they say... Where are you going? Always say the airport, even if you're going three blocks. Because then they'll go, jump in. And then you go, actually, I'm going to go home. I feel sick. I was going to take a flight, but I can't. I've never really had that bad of a problem with them not taking me where I want to go. It's just the general. It's a very stereotypical cab problem. It does not smell. The guy is not nice. He says how you pay because uh, they will kick you out if they if you get gonna pay with a credit card it's a lot of stuff like that yeah nothing too egregious mm. my favorite one was when i got in and he was 
closing his, do you call it the centre console, where you have your little yep, bit, console. bits and bobs. And he had probably about $100 worth of change in there. And I saw it as I was getting in. And then I, I asked him to give me some change. And I gave him a reasonably healthy tip. I'm British, so when I say reasonably healthy, I'm talking 25 cents, of course. No, a good one. Um, and uh, he said, oh, I haven't got any change. I said, I know for a fact you've got $100 in change. He goes, no, that thing doesn't open. So I just opened it for him. I said, look at that. It's a good day, isn't it? Now I can afford to give you no tip because you've just found $100. That's funny. Yeah. And then we uh, got in a very painful physical fight. And now he's dead. Sorry, that happened in my mind. Um, but the Uber founder, Travis Kalanick, will have been inundated with complaints because sometimes... It's just outrageous. Because you could say, well, it's a private business. I don't know why you're from New York, but you could say that. Hey, it's a... from the 20s as well, apparently. Hey, Chutz, what's going on here? It's a private business. They can do what they want, see? Me and the boys, we've got cars, see? Um, I'm not quite sure you'd, why you'd do that, but obviously I failed to do the Canadian accent, so that's as close as I can get. And, um, yeah, you could say that airlines do it, but I don't remember paying $9,000 to get to London over Christmas. Right? That would be the equivalent, nine times the price. And there's one report, the maximum amount that they can surge the rate, they call it, is by 9.9 .9 times. That's the max. So you pay 10 times your journey. Um, so, anyway. Uber was so expensive on New Year's Day, says Anonymous. Um, early morning, me and my buddies from Ajax found out. We went to a restaurant, which is about five kilometres from my home. Uh, it usually costs us about 11 bucks, but when we needed a ride back at 1am because of their surcharge, the ride estimated $100 plus for the same five kilometres back home. A plain old cab came to the rescue with 18 bucks without tip. Feel the deal. Uh, it did get me to look at some of the one-star ratings that are available online. There's published a lot of the Uber one-star ratings because pretty much everything's transparent with Uber, although arguably immoral. Um, one here, a one-star rating. Someone said about their driver, kidnapped me and forced me into a cult. Trip took four years and cost my entire life savings. <laughs> what? That, that can't be real. Four years of my life... <laughs> Another one, one star rating about a driver in LA this time. Did not put on the mask I gave him and did not take me to the <laughs> bank. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, another one star rating. He had a pet rat. He had a pet rat. He kept asking me to pet his pet rat. I mean, we might want to take a pinch of salt. Uh, another one star rating for an Uber driver. Showed up without car offering piggyback ride. Took two hours to get to destination. His shoulders were super bony. One star. Um... My favourite, one star rating for an Uber driver. Too handsome, stole my girlfriend, got to the restaurant and she refused to get out. Oh my God, Diane, please come back to me. You were everything to me. And uh, my favourite, actually, probably, radio was broken. One star for sure. He just kept making dubstep noises with his mouth the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. Um, I was in, in a cab once that once stopped, uh, uh, stopped once for a pigeon. And rather than honking his horn, I don't know if his horn didn't work, it was in Ottawa. They're probably too polite in Ottawa to use their horns. I couldn't possibly upset anyone. Yeah, he stopped his car, wound down the window and went, hey, pigeon, move. 
Am I getting charged for this? <laughs> right, let's take a quick break. You can keep your Uber complaints and outrageous amounts of money that you paid for your New Year's Eve ride coming in. And if you're a taxi driver, why wouldn't you take this opportunity to promote yourself? Uh, Uber uh, may do a lot of things wrong, but they are quite good at their own promotion. Seize the opportunity, taxi drivers. Text me. Pull over and text me and tell me why you're so great and why Uber's so bad. You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Thank you for your text so far on 71010. Uh, someone texting says, I'm an Uber driver. I feel bad when they surge the rates. But at the end of the day, I make more money and it gives me more motivation to go on the roads. We're not all bad, said. Again, anonymous. That's probably going to get lynched, won't it? Um, a cab driver here says, um, that's the good thing about cabs. We never surge our rates. We're just permanently expensive. I wonder if that is from a cab driver. I wonder. Patrick, you hat-wearing goddess of radio. Um, I need you to help me a little bit with a story here. How's your Scottish accent? Awful. Okay. Oh, man, I wish so badly I could do something for you there, but I can only do a wee bit. Oh. Yeah, I know, it's rough. I mean, I could hear what you were saying, so that's good. <gasps> I just I won't do it. I'll just embarrass myself. I know you could do a good one. I've heard you do a great one. Well, I thought I could, and then I did it to a Scottish friend the other day, and he said it was crap. No, I've heard uh, I've I've heard people do good impressions, and I've heard real Scottish people who with thick Scottish brogue or whatever it's called, and I think you do a good job. That's why mine looks so much worse. And I that's think. why you're my producer, because you love me and I love you. <laughs> I love you that much. Uh, the reason I talk about this, of course, is. Uh, this week, a woman sparked outrage after she killed her brother's pet goldfish in Scotland. Uh, she did it by uh, feeding it a slice of Dairy Lee processed cheese in a drunken prank. Her name, Taylor Hagen, 20, who lives in Dundee, came home from a night out and dropped the cheese into a fish tank of her brother, right? In the morning, her brother Jamie woke up to find the fish dead. Now... It's amazing what goes viral, isn't it? You'd never think that this would go viral, but it did. The entire post of texts with her mother went viral. Um, and then it went to police. And in response to the incident, Scottish Police Chief Superintendent Mike Flynn said, uh, we're not aware of the specific details of this situation. However, fish should only ever be really fed food, which they're able to digest which is healthy for them. Ideally, this should always be done by the person responsible for their care. I love that the Scottish superintendent of police was forced into a, some aquatic marine biology against his will. Because you, you know that after that statement, he said, and what in God's name am I doing talking about this? Do you think we ain't got bigger fish to fry? Pun the pun. That was accidental. <laughs> so this is the... Um, this is the text message run, if you like, that has gone viral. And I will take the role of the mother and you can take the role of, of the daughter, all right? Now, if you can do the Scottish accent, that'd be great. I can't. Are you bailing out? Well, I'll... David Eddie's in there. Can he do it? 
Dave. Dave, can you do it? Ock the new. Right, so no. Okay, we'll stick with you. And uh... So, sorry, you're reading from the left side and I'm reading from the right side. Correct. Got it. Hello, love. Did you give Jamie's fish a dairy slice when you came home last night? I think I might have. Jamie was awake and I said they needed fed. I was eating a dairy lee slice, so thought I'd share. Yeah, well, your brother now has one dead fish. Things like that just can't be funny, Taylor. Do you understand me? You can't give fish a cheese slice. Ha 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 Well, you think it's funny? Well, we're talking when you come home. I'm sorry I won't give Jamie's fish any more dairy lee. Well, you can't, because it's bastard dead now, isn't it? Come straight home when you're finished. Are you finished? Are you coming home now? Yeah, I'm scared to home come home. Are we having a fish funeral? I'm glad you're finding this funny, Taylor, because no one else is. Nah, I'm really sorry. I'll get him another one. Well, so you can feed him another slice of dairy loo when you come home steaming drunk. Which one is the end? Honestly, the, you, I, I'm just starting to regret this entire process. Och, the new. Right, I'm about to give up. I'm abandoning this. The speed wasn't there. I don't think you really put your all into it accent-wise. Well, I could. I told you I couldn't do anything accent-wise. <laughs> and you've scribbled all over the page. Right. Well, could you at least just... Why didn't you do Jamaican? I can't do a, a good Jamaican one either. Irie, man. Can you do... Um, I can't do any accents right. when put on the spot. Okay. Let's see the problem here now. What was that, Irie man? Was that you, Dave? That was Jamaican. <laughs> that's Actually, a, that's can, a stereotype. I can teach you Jamaican if you want. Go ahead. I can teach you how to say the word bacon, as in the beautiful product that's often consumed for breakfast. Lay it on me. Just say in your normal accent, beer can. Beer can. There you go. <laughs> <That's what laughs> Instant Jamaican. You're welcome. Uh, when we come back, I'll talk about something that doesn't involve doing a long and painful, boring script that didn't work at all. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Later on, I'll be talking to our resident news junkie and uh, news anchor, Amanda Capito. I think we're going to discuss a recent survey that I found fascinating that suggests that being good-looking might not necessarily be a good thing. It is for some things in life, but it actually holds you back in quite a lot of areas. We will explore this, and I'll tell you what, is anyone in a better position to discuss this than me? Yeah, yeah, yeah there's loads of people, actually. Okay. Um... Shall I do a quick plug for the company? I need to go back to work tomorrow. I've got this company. It's called MrPhotoCanvas.com. Have I ever mentioned it to you? I certainly haven't heard you bring it up before on the air. It's a shame because MrPhotoCanvas.com prints your photographs on canvas with exceptional panache. That's what you need in a good uh, good print. We're really good at it. So if you want one, go to MrPhotoCanvas.com and tomorrow I'm back at work. Oh, not really looking forward to it. Is everyone, it's quite depressing today, isn't it? Because, like, it's, uh, hey, we have to go back tomorrow. And it's cold. It's cold. This is when the cold starts. And usually you go, oh, well, never mind. Christmas is around. Oh. Okay, well, never mind. It's not like there's going to be most of winter ahead of us. Oh. Yeah. I'm not helping to bring the vibe up, am I? No, this, this is not a good start to a break. No, let's start again. Hey, 
Man dies in Germany after blowing up a condom machine. I'm back! <laughs> Woo! You thought I'd lost it. Don't you worry, sweet cheeks. Yes, a man died on Christmas Day in Germany, Germany after he was hit in the head by a flying piece of metal from a condom machine that he and two accomplices blew up. Was it jammed? I wonder if he had a lady ready and it was jammed and he was like, ah! Anything but a baby, please! So frustrated. Yeah. Uh, it goes on this article to reveal that actually it was an apparent robbery attempt. Yeah, police said this week that a man, 29 years old, was taken to hospital in the western town of again near the Dutch border. Um, <laughs> did you want me to say that again? I don't know if you got it. And it's got a lot of peas in it. It's nearly as good as my Scottish. again near the Dutch border by the two other men, right? that were trying to blow up this condom machine. Well, they did blow it up, but not with the greatest effect, I don't think, because they didn't mean to kill a man. The two other men dropped him off at the hospital, right, leaving behind condoms and money scattered around the gutted vending machine. The two men told hospital officials that their friend had fallen down the stairs. <laughs> Injuring his head. Suspicious of the story, the officials called the police and said, has anything weird happened? And they said, well, a fella and a couple of his mates blew up a, a condom machine. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> yeah, we've got him. He's here, that fella. Uh, during questioning, police said one of them admitted that the three had blown up the condom machine and this cohort was hit in the head by a metal as he tried to take cover from the explosion. Apparently the condoms are mostly unusable now, mixed with debris from the explosion. What do you call a condom with grit in it? I don't know. An organ grinder. Ooh. What's the difference between a coffin and a condom? I don't know, Vinny. One you go in, the other one you come in. Hello. <laughs> I always take a condom with me on a night out. Always. Always the same one. 1986. Ugh. Pop that in the wallet. One of these days. Um... So apparently twin babies were born in different years. That's amazing, isn't it? What are the chances of that? Uh, they arrived either side of the new year. Yeah, twins in San Diego are getting some attention because they're born just minutes apart. One has a birthday in 2015 and the other one has a birthday in 2016. Uh, Jalen Valencia, who was born on New Year's Eve at about 11.59, uh, popped out first. And then her twin brother, Luis Valencia, arrived at 12.01 on New Year's Day. Interesting. Uh, both babies are healthy. They're going to get bored of that, aren't they? Explaining that. That'll wear off pretty quick. Yeah. It's bad enough when you've got a twin because you have to answer all this, all the questions that everyone asks you. No, do you. Do you guys think about the same thing? No, like, do, you, do you like when they get their leg broken? Do you feel it? No. Ooh. Apparently, that's, I've got my friends are identical twins. It's really weird. They're identical twins, but they don't look like each other. But they're scientifically identical twins. Does that make any sense? Not to me. <laughs> oh my god. You just made me spit tea everywhere. <laughs> Unless the boss is listening. In which case, that was a sound effect that I'd pre-programmed. Oh, it's a right mess in here now, mate. Okay. Um, do we need to do another break or would you rather I mumbled on about something else? Well, uh, we got to squeeze one in uh, so we could have the appropriate amount of time to so digest newsy poos. Exactly, with Amanda Capito. So let's squeeze a break in, and then I'll come back with Amanda Capito, and we'll have a, we'll have a bit of bants, yeah? 
You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. You're listening to The Vinnie White Show. It's no go without Amanda Capito. Oh, that was good. I can only get better this year. <laughs> um, Amanda Capito is our resident news junkie, and she always comes in when, when possible. She's usually floating around in Ecuador or Florida because Bell Media pay her all the money. <laughs> get out Me of here. pittance. Oh, cyclist McGee. You know, I cycled here. That's, Did that's you? how rich I am. It's cold out. Yeah, is there a weather warning? Yes, there's an extreme cold weather alert for City of Toronto and Hamilton. Do we need them? Because we can feel it. But people who haven't gone out yet, so that they know. What do you mean they haven't got? Oh, what? So if, if you're, you're go, inside oh, and then you, you know hear it. pretty quickly. Well, the worst thing is that you might have to go back in and get some gloves. But I suppose that saves the hassle. I don't know. It's also mostly for homeless shelters. Like they open them up. If there's an alert called, then they open up additional services for the homeless. To get everyone in off the street. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't want to be homeless tonight. It's more so for that. Yeah. than for the average person. Oh, thanks for ruining this joke and making me feel guilty about the state of the world. It's <laughs> oh, <that's> a bleak <laughs> start. <laughs> okay, to happier news. Happier news. Um, first of all, how was your little trip down to Florida? It was lovely. Yeah, did you warm up? I did. The sun was so nice. But then, like, I got tanned, but then as soon as I stepped off the plane, I feel like the wind came and just blew away my tan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gone now. Yeah, if you're outside, you're blue. Yeah. If you're inside, you're just pasty white. I feel terrible, I've got to be honest with you. Why? I just drank too much. Oh. I'm 38 now, Amanda. I can't do it anymore. I mean, I for some reason, I think I'm 18. <laughs> it doesn't work. I just feel rough as toast. Oh, no. So I look a bit dodge. Well, you look fine, but you're moaning and whining, so that's just really ruining the whole image. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit more of a belly. No, I that? think you're just feeling that. You don't look... I feel like I've been... Smashed around the head with a golden brick, <laughs> and then a golden brick, not just an average brick, yeah, a, a really, golden one. Okay, <laughs> a really sturdy one. Okay, <laughs> and then I feel like someone's—I feel like someone's blown up my gut. They've put a bicycle pump up my bum and blown me up. <laughs> well, I think everyone kind of feels like that after the holidays. Like I feel roly poly. Do you know actually? You were t- so a little birdie, a little capido told me. Yes, this is a nice link to our next topic. Is today Dating Sunday? <laughs> yes, it is. So apparently everyone feels either desperately fat or just desperately lonely today. Yep. So good evening if you're fat and lonely. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> you're not alone. I'm at least one of those things. And when Amanda goes, I'll cry. <laughs> anyway, my point here is that you're, you're really not alone. And as a result, this is the most... Uh, busy day of online dating in the year. Yeah, it is. They're calling it Dating Sunday. It's the Sunday after New Year's. And they chalk it up to people feeling lonely after the holidays and seeing a lot of people getting engaged or getting married or going to parties and not having a plus one. Right, of course. A lot of pressure from family. Also, it's the Sunday before you're going to work. There's nothing really, there's no parties. There's nothing happening today. Mm. So a lot of people are just home and... You know, clicking around and then maybe someone's New Year's resolution has to do with finding love or something to do with their relationship status. So that all combined is what leads to today being one of the busiest days of the year for several dating sites, which has um, come out to say that this is this is peak time for them. Specifically, I interviewed someone from Match.com and she said at 8.52 tonight, Mm -hmm. which just recently passed, was their peak time for messaging. And so 
that's uh, so right about now is when people are either signing up or logging back into accounts that they had. Uh, it all it's all the moons come together, don't they? Because of course, as well of all the things you just mentioned, you've got a lot of people that have probably never internet dated. But this is the year. Yeah, I'm fed up of being lonely. Like, this I'm is my resolution. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's also the time when gym memberships go as. Big bananas, <laughs> yep. and uh, they t- tend to not put any offers on, do they? This tends to be pay full price in January. Yeah, I feel like they don't need they don't need to though, because yeah. people are going to do it. I destroyed a date last night. Why? I was out with a female friend of mine, just on uh, genuinely. Okay, a, platonic a friend, friend. A, like you and I, Amanda. Okay. I don't remember ever having the naughty times with you. It no. can happen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Continue. I was out with a, a female friend of mine. And she is currently tindering. Okay. And she was tindering at the table going through all these men saying, oh, I've already been for a drink with him. I've been for a drink with him. He's boring, etc." Yeah. I was like the girlfriend, really. I had a little glass, <laughs> glass of wine. I was like, oh, my God, he's so good looking. Why don't you go through that one? Um, that sounds very fun. And uh, Yeah, it's good. I like that role every now and then. And then um, she got a text saying, I thought we were exclusive, right? Yeah. Which from one of these guys, right? Okay. And she wrote back, uh, we're not, however, I'm not seeing anyone else. And he goes, doesn't look like that to me. He was in the bar. <gasps> I was, was going to say, how did he know? He was on the other side of the bar looking at her. Oh, my goodness. Thinking that we we're on a date. <gasps> and he ruined it for himself because he said, doesn't look like it to me. Seems like you're lying. No, she wasn't. Oh, no. But that's a little creepy of it's him. a bit big guns, isn't it? Then was, I, he, was he with other people or was he just yes. stalking so her? So I said, why don't you go over there? Or why doesn't he yeah. come over? Like, why wouldn't he come over Yeah, and say, just be Hello. like, hey. All right. Gauge the situation. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. Yes, she's probably seeing me. So he did that. And I I said, well, I'm going to go over there. But um, apparently none of his work colleagues know about her. And they used to work together. So we had this problem where I couldn't go to them. She couldn't go to him. He couldn't come to us. So we're all texting like 12-year-olds. Oh, my. What has happened to this world? I don't know, but... It's not a great start to the year, is it? No, but also I feel like if she was already on Tinder anyway, like still looking for other guys, then she probably didn't really like him that much anyway. Yeah, well, she said something. I won't repeat it, but let's just say that not all of his assets were pleasing. Mm, hmm? So she, it's better to let him go. Yeah. Um, what were we going to talk about? Were we going to talk about anything? Yeah, you said something about being good looking was a bad thing, and you were going to well, explain to me. That's it. Because <laughs> that was the tease I got, and I said, I'm in for Newsy Poos then. <laughs> As a good looking person. <laughs> See, I would normally consider myself, um, I don't know, reasonably attractive. Today, I feel like a car crash. But I certainly wouldn't put myself as stunningly beautiful. And... I've always thought, wouldn't it? it probably, I'm not particularly worried about this type of thing, but in my sort of more fragile years, I always thought, oh, it must be brilliant to be really gorgeous. Well, it turns out it's not true. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. Can you be too beautiful? Maybe. Well, <laughs> it's a curse you've had to live with all your Get life. Get out of here. No. <laughs> Everyone feels like there was someone that was better, like so good looking at school, right? Even if I think even the people that we all thought were the best looking people, they probably thought someone else was the best looking person. Yeah. You know? But a lot of them were stupid, weren't they? Jamie Goatley was mine. See? Everyone Absolutely knows. Absolutely stupid. <laughs> After two short planks. Seems but to... Gorgeous man he was. Yeah. Oh, a man. <laughs> oh, yes. I went to an all boys school. <laughs> Well, the only people we fancied were the teachers. Mrs. Wright, I still remember you. Oh. It's a little bit creepy. Yeah. I need to drop that. 
At the most superficial level, beauty might be thought to be a, a kind of halo that we all carry around. A new study suggests that this is not true. This is according to some academics at the North Carolina University uh, in Charlotte, right? And they've reviewed a massive amount of evidence to date, and their conclusions on beauty aren't quite what you would expect. In a courtroom, a pleasing appearance can work its magic, apparently. Being attractive, defendants are likely to get more lenient sentences. Oh. So in that sense, it works. They also, the study has revealed, are more likely to escape conviction entirely. Attractive plaintiffs, meanwhile, are more likely to win their case and get bigger financial settlements. Wow. Good, eh? But it also depends on what you find attractive. Well, this study used the computer model okay. of what is attractive. So, uh, to give you a bit of background, like a symmetrical face. Yeah, they found that even children that couldn't possibly be um, sort of pushed into any thought processes are capable of seeing what is or what isn't a good-looking face. Right. And usually, it comes down to symmetry. Yeah. And it, there's a few more things about it than that as well: the distance between the nose and the mouth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can, in a sense, define beauty. Okay. In the sense that if you were to get 100 people from across the world, put them in a room with a series of photographs, they would nearly all put the most attractive person at the top of the pile. And it would always, nearly always be consistent. Okay, yeah? okay. So there is some science in good looking. Goodness. I don't know if there's probably an app for it. You could take a photograph I'm sure. of your face. <laughs> Are you good looking? And get no. your yes or no answer. Yeah. Press here to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're worried about your looks, by the way, I really wouldn't worry too much about it because... Um, there is a downside, mm-hmm. right? One study in 1975, for instance, found that people tend to move further away from a beautiful woman on a pathway, perhaps as a mark of respect, but still making interaction more distant. Attractiveness can convey more power over visible space. Another one um, that will be very relevant to our previous conversation about this massive wave of internet dating that's going on specifically today, they found that the most gorgeous people on Tinder don't actually get that many clicks because people think, oh, I'm not even going to bother with that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so the most clicked pictures are usually people that are reasonably attractive but quirky and smiley. Oh. Yeah, so there's a hint for you. If you're gorgeous, I don't know, smear your face in poo before, <laughs> <laughs> before taking pictures, downgrade. And then, it, and then also you kind of have a free pass to committing some crime and hoping that it works out for you. What about- so I suppose the problem with this survey is that the conclusion is pretty split down the middle. You, as a woman, are more likely to intimidate people if you're beautiful. You're more likely that people go further away from you. And the study revealed that you are more likely to do well in a workplace up until management. And then you won't be considered for a management role unless you're not entirely gorgeous. In other words, again, the quirkier people win when, when, with high-placing positions. So, yeah, so if you are good looking, but you want to be a CEO, you got to like knock some teeth out and, don't, yeah, exactly. and not do your makeup. Yeah. <laughs> or perhaps it'll all come good in the end, because by the time you do make it CEO, being that you're beautiful and it held you back, <laughs> you will then not be so beautiful. Right. You'll have aged. and <laughs> Exactly. So in conclusion, um, if you don't, I mean, obviously you are. A siren of good looks. Oh. And should you perch yourself on a rocky shore, <laughs> sailors would crash for miles. <laughs> but for the people listening that don't consider themselves gorgeous, it's not all bad news anyway. The really gorgeous people don't get it that good. So, Happy New Year. Yeah, what a great outlook. I like that. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda Capido, for our regular session of Newsy Poos. Thanks, Vinny.
Back again next week with more Newsy Poos on News Talk 1010. My name is Vinnie White, and I'll leave with the news this week uh, that the Royal Mail in England had to write a letter to uh, a man who was a bit of a prankster, and the letter went viral as well. So much good stuff goes viral. So much crap goes viral as well, but every now and then there's some gems. And uh, this is the letter from Royal Mail uh, directed to a Mr S Whitman of Gloucester, England. Uh, Dear Mr Whitman, I'm writing on behalf of the Gloucester branch of the Royal Mail Post Office who have raised a number of concerns with your recent behaviour towards our staff. Whilst we appreciate that your actions are in no way malicious and are meant in good humour, a number of complaints now have been made from our delivery people when delivering parcels. Recent events cited include jumping out from behind a bush shouting, Beware the giant bees, repeatedly answering the door naked and asking if it's first class, and opening the door whilst having a bread knife under your arm, wearing a ketchup-smeared shirt and claiming you'd been attacked by a crack-addled Oompa Loompa. Whilst I'm sure you find this very amusing, some of our staff have expressed concerns. As mentioned before, we do understand that you mean no harm by your pranks, but a number of our postal staff are nervous about delivering to your address. As such, we would kindly ask you to desist from your surprises. I hope you understand our situation, and we thank you for your support on this issue. Customer service, Royal Mail. Gorgeous! Gorgeous! So what do you think? Do you think it'll be a good year, Pat? I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be one of the best ones yet. Hold on to yourselves, Toronto, and the greater Toronto area, and people listening online across the world, because we're going to do some damn fine radio this year. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, let's keep expectations now. We're going to do some pretty good radio this year, and we're going to do some more. We'll get away with it. See you next week. Ta-da. 